This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. The Leafs live here. Off to the wing, Barry again, left wing side, fanning on it, back to the point, six seconds, Barry again with a shot, that went wide, the puck on the far side, time's gonna run out, Joe Wall catches the last one, and the Leafs win, three to two. That is Joe Bowen with the final call, three to two, the Leafs win the game, and their road trip, three to two as well. Welcome to the post-game show, Leafs game night. Jim Taddy and Frankie Carrado with you. So, Frankie, let's ask you the musical question. What is the best part of this victory for you? Well, there's a few different things. The first one, very obvious, Joseph Wall, right? He was unbelievable. Yeah. Like, the quality of saves that he made tonight against Nashville, there's going to be a few guys in Nashville who have nightmares. They're, they'll be seeing those shots in their dreams thinking, why didn't I take just an extra split second and try and beat this guy? But Joe Wall was excellent. Um, like, we always talk about this with goaltenders, right? Like, the routine saves, he made those no problem. The athletic saves, similar to how we were talking the other night um, against the Florida Panthers, Matt Murray, like he made some athletic saves. Well, Joe Wall did that tonight, and Bonesy was talking about it before they went off the air, him and Ralphie. And I thought it was a really good point how he didn't just rely on being like a blocking goaltender. Like he, he wanted yeah. to make the saves. His rebound control was excellent. Um, so a lot of nice stuff to build off there for Joseph Wall. And it comes at a great time. Like, you, you kind of know that now that you have this guy as your third guy that if you need to go to him, you, you feel like you trust him, don't you? Like, you, you feel like if you put yeah. him in the net, you, you don't feel like you're putting your American Hockey League guy who has barely played and has no experience. It feels like you're putting in a guy who's maybe just on the cusp of, of arriving and emerging into the NHL. And it's a long road to get there and really establish yourself. But sometimes you just got to ride the wave. And when a goaltender's playing well, like that's one of those things where the confidence, the consistency, um, you know, you, you just feel like you have a little more of a trust factor there. I would trust Joe Wall way more than about a third string kind of journeyman NHL, AHL yeah. guy. Like I, I, I think this guy's like he's got a serious future as far as being a goalie in the NHL. Yeah, and, and so you know, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but but I, I think it's a, a an accurate observation. When you talk about a team that wins the Stanley Cup, you're talking about a team that has everything. I think that the Leafs' depth now is unprecedented for them, and I'm not going to call it everything, but it's pretty darn close in my books. Well, well and that's what we talk about with, with teams that win different ways. Teams can win so yeah. many different ways because of what you just mentioned, because they have so many different elements of things that help their team, and so... You know, like we're talking about a decor that has eight players deep where you feel like you can put any one of those guys in the lineup on any given night. Well, now you have three goalies. If Joe Wall is going to play like that, and that's your lasting impression of him, then you have three goalies you feel like you can put in the net any night. And you have forwards you feel like you can put anywhere in the lineup and have some success. So there's a lot of versatility to this team. Ultimately, it'll be up to Sheldon Keefe how he wants to manage that and and try and optimize that. But man, like that's a that's a good performance for that team. They were dominant again tonight, coming into Nashville, a back-to-back -back game. Their best players were their best players. The Matthews line was dominant. And you asked me what what are the the things I liked? Joseph Wall's the first thing. The second thing yeah. is John Tavares. I, oh I, yeah. I just 
I just think sometimes like wearing a C on your jersey sh- should mean something, right? And for me, like he led the way tonight. He had two big goals. He takes the puck off the hand. He comes back into the game. There was just a nice element there where it's like so many times throughout the course of the season or last season, it's Matthews leads the way, Marner leads the way, Tavares, you know, he's productive and he does a lot, but man, like tonight was was almost like the Tavares show, and I think that was excellent, an excellent performance for him because of who he is on the team, being the captain and the status that comes with that. Yeah, I totally agree, and the way he scored that second, the power play goal, led you to believe that you should be confident with his hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we were, we were a little worried there heading off into the into the intermission just because of the way he went off, but um didn't seem like it was a problem. Maybe it was that best case scenario, right? Where it just kind of yeah. hits you in a in a weird spot under the elbow pad and over the glove and uh felt okay, but a ni- a really nice performance. The whole top 6 was excellent tonight. Like there was there was a lot of contributions from lower in the lineup. Um even looking at guys like Aston Reese and Camp, like Grunt work down low, below the goal line, funneling pucks to the net, using their bodies to protect pucks. But if the best players don't do what they do, then that kind of stuff goes to waste. So it was a, it was a real complete team performance from top to bottom, from the goaltender to the D-man all the way out against the Nashville team that has a lot on the line, playing pretty loose, pretty free hockey, and the Leafs did a really nice job of managing that. They win 3-2 in Nashville. This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs Game Night. The Leafs win the game 3-2 and complete their road trip with a 3-2 win in terms of winning three and losing two on the five-game road trip. So we got through that. Uh, nice win by the Leafs. Jim Taddy and Frank Corrado with you. Just looking at the minutes here, Frank, you see Luke Shen played uh, 13-10 tonight, so they're able to, to spread these uh, minutes around. Yeah, Luke Shen plays 13-10, Justin Hall 15-42, and looking down the list, Jake McCabe had a really strong game. He plays just under 22 minutes, and um, Morgan Riley, like, Morgan Riley's in his sweet spot tonight for me. Like, 18 to 20 is a nice spot for Morgan Riley, and um, there's Mark Giordano, again, the 39-year-old, playing over 20 minutes, and TJ Brody close to 23. So you can definitely see who's being leaned on here a little bit more, and it makes sense, right? Like, McCabe... Giordano, Brody, you really need to lock a game down. It feels like you're going to go heavy on those guys, and I don't mind that. Like That's the way it's going to be in the playoffs when when you're trying to hold on to leads. And the thing about it, like when especially when you get into the playoffs, and you know this better than anyone, the momentum swings can happen very oh. quick, and it can be very yeah. subtle. It can be the smallest thing. Like for Nashville tonight, they're pouring it on a little bit. They're finally gaining some traction. They get the goal from Cody Glass. And then Cal Foot takes a penalty that has nothing yeah. to do with the play, and it completely takes the wind out of their sails. And it's like that's that that took your team right out of it. So those are the things you need to manage in the playoffs, and and leaning heavy on those guys that kind of play with that a uh, little more edge, a little more sandpaper, kind of. Um, I don't want to say trench guys, but you know that's kind of the way they are when it comes to McCabe, Giordano, and and Brody. Well, look in the playoffs. Uh, you know, you could testify to this. You have to play smart hockey. You can't. You can't open the door. You can't pump any air into their tires because they'll bite you. Yeah, that was so. I I went on one long playoff run in my career. It was the American Hockey League. We went all the way to the Calder Cup Finals, 
and I almost got so obsessed with wanting to play super physical and cross-check guys and, and do all those things that I forgot that you actually still need to play with the puck. Like, you actually still need to play yeah. hockey. That's where the game is being played. The auxiliary stuff definitely exists, but it can't be the forefront. It can't be the focus. And um, those players that we just talked about, like the guys that really munched a lot of minutes tonight on the back end, they do a really good job of keeping that in line. So, um, you know, they're, they're, they, you, you kind of get the feeling that those are guys that aren't going to get lost in that kind of game. And they're still going to play the game that got them there as far as moving the puck, getting up in the, in the, in the play, um, you know, and ending rushes early with good gaps, all that kind of stuff. Well, uh, look, a guy like Gio, you said he played 20-35 tonight. And I don't mean this as a negative. I, I think this is a smart way to play. He plays a quiet 20-35, doesn't he? He really does. And he plays a quiet 20-35 because it's efficient. Right. Like he, yeah. he, you don't see him try and do anything that's out of his wheelhouse and watch him play. He plays the whole game with his head up like he may not be moving his feet super fast. And there's some players out there that, you know, they get the motor legs going and you think they're doing a lot like he, he just plays the game with with his head up. He's always looking. He's always processing. He works away from the puck to get open for his partner. He, it would be really easy to play with a guy like Mark Giordano. He makes the game easy for you. And, um, you know, as far as being a forward on that team goes, I think if you're out there with Giordano, you're pretty happy with the fact that he can get you the puck in good spots and get the puck going up the ice. So, um, listen, it's, 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 it's weird. Not weird, but Timothy Lilligren, his game before the trade deadline was really good. And you probably thought yeah. going into that, like he would have been in the top six. But the way he's played since the trade deadline, you almost feel like there's a bigger trust factor there with Justin Hall. Um, you, you like the element that Luke Shen has given you on the back end. Wouldn't you agree? Like, he was physical tonight. Yeah, I thought, totally. Like, Justin Hall was physical as well. Like, he threw – he had one really big hit in the second period, and I know he got challenged to fight by by Trennan, but I, I don't think Justin Hall needs to accept that fight at all. Like, the, the the player who got hit, like, keep your head up, first of all. You're in you're in a spot where you're probably going to be hit in a hockey game. And so, um, you know, even a, a nice long breakout pass to Tavares on the Kerfoot goal, it was a really good night for Justin Hall. So kind of looking at the ice times, Jimmy – the way the ice times are tonight, I feel like everyone got utilized properly and right in their comfort zone. Yeah, you know, to your point about Lilligren, I mean, this is not anything for him to be worried about or for him to take personally. This is a situation where a team has to get through the first round, and you go with, with the, the veteran look just because that's probably the comfortable way to go. And, and as, as we've detailed, you can't really afford to make a mistake in the playoffs, especially when you've stumbled in the first round year after year after year. Everybody has to understand that this is win now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how these how these D pairs kind of shake out here going forward because we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. At some point here, we are going to get a little more continuity, and I've kind of been saying for the longest time now, Morgan Riley needs to play with TJ Brody. And if he doesn't play with TJ Brody, this the next best thing probably is Luke Shen. Because you can play him in a little more of a keep him in that 18 minute range. You don't have to give him the the tough matchups. You can get T.J. Brody and Jake McCabe to eat those matchups a little bit more, and not have to rely on Morgan Riley to be your you know quote unquote shutdown kind of guy, um, which yeah. I think allows him to be a little more effective, and it allows him to get out there. Man, if he gets out there against the third line um, against the opposition, especially on home ice, because you'll get the matchup. He starts rolling around with the Matthews line, and he'll get rolling around with Nylander and Tavares. Like, he's dangerous. He can almost act like a little bit of a, a fourth forward. And when he's playing his best, 
and you know this, you've watched him for years, he's up in the play, he's engaged offensively, he's the first guy back because he's the most powerful skater on the ice. So that's kind of when you really see Morgan Riley come to life, and I think that 18 minute, um, 18 to 20 minutes really allows them to have the legs for that. Okay, we're going to talk about the shutdown pair next as we continue on our Leafs game night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs radio network. Leafs game night. The Leafs win in Nashville by a score of 3-2. to two. Jim Taddy and Frank Corrado with you. So, Frank, you see, we're talking about the shutdown pair. I mean, the way I look at this is, uh, you know, you've got the 1-2 guys that are going to carry the load offensively. Uh, the 5-6 guys give you 10, 12 minutes of flawless hockey. And the shutdown pair is really the guts of the team, isn't it? Well, that's what Jake Muzzin and Justin Hall were always supposed to be on that second pair. And um, when they were at their best, you know, those those couple of years that they were, it, it's a lot of mixed and match kind of things. Like there's a lot of different variables that get thrown your way. There's a lot of weird face-off matchups and, and um, assignments that you have to take care of. So when you're the shutdown pair, you almost have that mentality where it's like, okay, this is my job. I feel like I'm just going to do this. Um, And so if you have a guy like Brody and McCabe there, it feels like you can put them on and and they can handle that any any single time. And um, it's almost like that bend but don't break mentality. Well, you need to have players out there that can bend the most without breaking. And those seem to be the two guys that it would kind of fall on. And when you look at – when you kind of try and build out your D pairs – if you were to have those two guys playing together, you know that's your shutdown pair. If you don't have those two guys playing together, you don't have a true shutdown pair. You really don't. Because if Brody plays with Riley, that is not a shutdown pair. If McCabe plays with Hall, that's not a shutdown pair. And then if you have one of Shen or Lilligren with Giordano... That's not a shutdown pair either because Luke Shen is probably not equipped to handle 20 minutes of of... of you know, unfavorable hockey. So, yes, maybe Morgan Riley is best paired with TJ Brody, but is that everyone else? And does that give you a true shutdown pair? No. So it's it's hard to kind of. It depends what you're going to prioritize here. If you want balance throughout the lineup, then there's one way of doing it. But if you know you have one pair that you really want to eat a bunch of different matchups, then there's another way of doing it. It'll really be up to Sheldon Keefe and the coaching staff as far as how they want to approach that. And, and the plus is you'll be playing Tampa, so you've got last year's notes. Um, you know exactly what they're going to do because they haven't changed that much. Uh, they play the same way, and so you know what didn't work last year. You know how to tweak it. You've got new players. Uh, yeah. This should work in the least favor. I, I will say, though, last year, like Jake Muzzin, he, he basically saved all he had for, for last year in the playoffs, and he was playing hurt, but he played really well, and him and TJ Brody were that pair that you can put out there against the Kucherov line and um, feed them some matches. And they did really well in that role. Um, so I, I don't necessarily fault it on on that situation. But last year, there wasn't as much depth, right? Like now yeah. we talk about the Leafs blue line and there's way more deeper in the lineup that you feel more comfortable with. It's just the, the puzzle pieces don't kind of fall into place as nicely as maybe you would like. But it's pretty damn good. And the team in front of this decor is also really good. Bottom line is, if the big boys are chugging and Matthews is playing the way he is and Marner is playing the way he is um, and, and you're getting energy from Bunting and Yarncroke and Kerfoot and all these guys, um, it, it takes a lot of the burden off the, the D-men. And, um, the, I mean, that's why the playoffs are so hard, Jimmy. 
Like you, you really do. It's such a cliche, but you do really need everyone to be going at the top of their game or else you're going to, you're going to waste games away. And it seems like that's what's happened in the past where, you know, you get to game, you get to game five, you get to game six, you're ready to win the series. And it's like, you waste one on a silly mistake. And now you got to win it in game seven, man. That's a lot of pressure to have to go into a game seven, knowing what this team has been through the last few years. Yeah, it's. I mean, this configuration of the Maple Leafs is, without a doubt, the, the best that I've seen, and that goes back to other regimes and, and other times. There was no team that was this deep. No, there really hasn't been, and I think that's a credit to Kyle Dubas and, and his staff as well, um, the evolution of the team and, and how they've brought in better players, players that fit what they want to do but also have different kind of elements. Like, this is not a team that's just built around whatever uh, an analytics computer screen says anymore. Like there, there's a lot of nice elements to this team and they've done a nice job of managing the cap under some, you know, some not so great circumstances and making, making sure that this is a team that's able to compete and a team that's, you know, sustainably good for a long time. How many times do we see teams where they're good for a year, they're good for two years, and then that's yeah. it. They kind of fall off. That hasn't been the case. So there's a few things we take for granted. I think one of them is Mitch Marner's ability to head the puck onto the stick of Austin Matthews in the neutral zone. That's one of them. And how good this team has been for a long time. Frankie C., take the rest of the night off and again. Happy birthday. Thanks, Jimmy. You're the best. Oh, you're the best. But anyway, we'll, we'll argue that later. This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network.